Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Celebrate Cultivate. I have a guest with me today, and I'm delighted to share our conversation. Chloe Elgar is a psychic medium and rune witch living in Austin, Texas. She's known as a truth teller and a seer. She is the one who sees with her eyes closed. She is the one who sees in the dark. What you see with Chloe is not what you get. Behind her big eyes, welcoming smile and open heart lives unmistakable wisdom, cutthroat truth, and raw intensity. She will not just tell you what you want to hear. Her work is rooted in cultivating a different relationship with darkness and intuition. The tapestry of her life weaves in different spiritual aspects of the East and the West, thanks to a unique childhood growing up in Malaysia. A fierce believer in magic and ally to Mother Earth, Chloe surrounds herself with the wisdoms and teachings of nature and the ancestors. Working with Chloe invites you to walk in the dark and to stop hiding from life. She works with people on claiming and developing their intuitive skills and strengthening their voice and expressions. Chloe works closely with the runes, ancestors, magic, animals, and Nordic wisdom. Follow Chloe on Instagram at channeled by Chloe. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's I'm, the first time I've heard someone read out my bio and I'm like, oh, that's really nice. My new bio. So thank Yeah. You. Isn't it nice? I think that it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to write your own bio <laughs> and it can be very revealing and it's nice to kind of sit there and listen to it and just think, wow, this is me. Yeah, it's really nice. I was thinking like, maybe I should get Kayleen to read the audible version of my book. (laughs) Well, oh my goodness. I would be so honored. I adore your book. And I guess that's where we should start because I literally just finished reading it. You have a brand new book coming out and it's so, so amazing. And I know you started writing it many years ago. So I'm really curious. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and why it's time to share it now? Yeah. So um, the book is called Revealed by Darkness. It's a psychic memoir. And I started writing it just over, I think, five years ago, right? at a time in my life where things were really beginning to change and, you know, the speed of communication and like spiritual communication and intuition for me, was getting louder and stronger and faster. Uh, and so I, um, received some random guidance <laughs> to go to our family ranch just in Alberta in Canada, kind of near in the foothills near the Rockies 
and spend two weeks by myself in the middle of winter in February. And I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I went and I didn't question it. And I ended up spending those two weeks beginning to write uh, and also meeting my ancestors as a medium and kind of um, for the first time embracing these gifts that I'd had since I was a little girl, but actually being confronted with it and, and, you know, kind of like acknowledging that this is something that had always been around, but I had been really pushing away and denying. So that was the beginning of the book. And for those two weeks, I probably like, you know, word vomited a hundred thousand words. Mm-hmm. And then I returned home. I was living in Vancouver at the time and I returned home and just kind of left it for a while and, and went through, you know, the twists and turns of that journey of starting to work as a psychic medium. And I didn't actually return to the book until I moved to Austin two years ago and, you know, got the guidance again to reconnect to the project and really like, it was like, it's time to really honor this now. It's not just, you're not just writing it for, to write, you're writing this because it's something that needs to be released into the world. So I started working, uh, a friend of mine, Lynette Brown, was also writing a book. So we would meet every week in San Marcos and just write. And then I uh, started working with an editor and we met every Monday for a year. And the book slowly uh, emerged and began to reveal itself in, in terms of like, what it was, what the message was. And then as I wrote it, you know, and I I think this happens often, you don't know really what you're writing when you start to write. You just feel like you have to write. And um, as as you, you know, know now, Kayleen, reading the book, that as I wrote, more things happened and the book slowly kind of wove itself together um, in a way that really, you know, kind of, represented the actual message of the book to my shock because I wasn't expecting some of the things that did happen in my life to happen. But now, like I see that the book is a, you know, a really beautiful way of kind of gathering all of these pieces that I've experienced and putting it together into a message. Um, and a lot of teaching and wisdom that I had to kind of discover in that journey. So yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that, well, one, it's, you know, so many stories from your life and the time that spans kind of a really wide range from your childhood to present day. And you've lived with the writing of the book for five years on and off. So how does it feel to have that chapter, so to speak, complete and now be releasing it out into the world? Yeah, it's really strange. It's strange. Um, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's scary. Uh, it, but I think that the, the biggest, I, I feel the completion and it, it feels right. And it, it is kind of one of those things I've heard others other writers say that the book is done when it's done and, and you'll know when it's done. And I, mm-hmm. and I felt that I was kind of like, do I need to add this? And it was like, no, it's done. 
Um, <laughs> and that was, that was, it. You, I could feel it. And so I, I do feel that now I, you know, there's still, there's aspects of the book that, you know, my ego is like, Oh man, are you sure you want to share that? But I really can feel, you know, that what I've experienced and the journeys that, um, I've walked and the paths I've walked have, have, um, supported me and allowed me to be where I am now and hold the space for this book to be out there and for this work and the messages and the stories to, to be, you know, a source of support for someone else. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Well, early on in the book, there's a passage where you write about light and you say in Western culture, humans call for light so aggressively and it is everywhere. We're obsessed with it. We pray for sunshine. We chase the sun. We say love and light in an attempt to associate the two. Throughout our world, everything is spoken through the lens of light, sunrise, sunset, summer solstice, winter solstice. And then you go on to say, whether consciously or subconsciously, there is a hierarchy which depicts the dark as less than. And you talk about darkness so much in this book. It's, you know, a key element and you have such a unique perspective, one that we aren't familiar with. And admittedly, we just don't see a lot of connection between intuition and darkness. So from your experience and from your teachings, what is the connection between darkness and intuition? It's, so it's such a massive space of exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that dark darkness is like the main character of my book. Yes. Um, and, you know, um, the thing about the dark is that it's something that when we, when we're in the dark, when we're sitting in the dark, whether it's like an experience that, you know, invokes the dark or literally we're sitting in, you know, the dark of night. That to me and in my experiences is actually a, the most powerful place to access intuition and the easiest place because it's the most natural, right? So when we Mm -hmm. think about meditation, we close our eyes. And when we close our eyes, we are in darkness. Um, And when you think about connecting to uh, the ancestors, our ancestors, or your guides, oftentimes the place where you meet is in darkness, right? So um, our ancestors are buried in the earth, and in the, the earth, like the roots of the earth underneath in the soil, it's dark, right? So there's so many missed pieces that... Um, are, yeah, they're missed outside. They're, they're, they're not involved or not included in the kind of standard conversations around darkness. And, and because of that, we're missing a lot of elements that are really fundamental in terms of our connection to intuition and being able to hold it so that we can, you know, stand our ground. Like we talk so much in, in intuition and spiritual spaces about, around being grounded how can you be grounded if you don't have a connection to the dark because the ground is dark, right? It's that, the earth element. Um, and for me, you know, that is really like the biggest teacher 
uh, and has continued to be the biggest teacher in all of my experiences um, since I was a little girl is like, is learning to befriend that dark place and not be scared of it and not get, um, you know, swayed by the conditioning and the charges that are so widespread in our, our culture, whether it's, you know, in media or religion or cult, like, you know, social, social conversations, it's everywhere. It's interesting. Like once you start to pay attention to it, you know, my husband gets pretty annoyed with me because I'm always pointing it out, but it's like mm-hmm. the language that we use is constantly depicting the dark as bad. Uh, and it's something that is, uh, it's really, it's something that needs to change because it's creating a really strong imbalance. And when we look at, um, you know, especially in Northern tradition, so, you know, the more Northern countries in Europe and Scandinavia, they have a more intimate relationship with darkness because they experience dark more than mm-hmm. we do, right? So in the winter seasons, it's dark for a period of months. And so, you know, if they were to deny the dark or, you know, constantly try to get away from it, they would really suffer. So they have to learn how to be with the dark and have an intimate relationship with it. And I really feel like that's something that, you know, that it's like a gateway and an, and an invitation to your own spiritual connection and your ancestors and, um, your intuition. So yeah, it's, as you can tell, it's like, (laughs) as you can tell from my book too, it's like, there's so many places you can go with this conversation and I really am excited to have it with more people. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it was really an education for me in a way that I felt I was ready for. I rem- you. I know you've listened to my other podcast. That's pretty woo. Yeah. And a few. I guess it was like two years ago now. Jordan and I did an episode on shadow, and I really didn't want to do it. Like I was like, I don't. I don't want to do it. I just wasn't in the space where I was at all interested in any of the darkness. I was just like, no, 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 no. And even just through that conversation, I started to see things a little bit differently. And now in the place that I am in my life, reading your book, it really, there were so many key points, some of which you just shared where there is a lot of healing, safety and comfort in darkness and something it's so vital and so necessary and so much a part of our true nature that we've really shied away from. And I had a client session recently where we were taught, we were in her intuition, talking to her intuition And it came up through her that a shadow is a nice place to rest sometimes that, you know, if you were just in the hot sun all day long, you would be seeking shadow. So it isn't something that we should shy away from. And it was just like a whole new way for me to see something that based on what I've been taught in popular culture and everything else that like shadows are bad and scary. And I was like, no, like it's a, good place to rest. I was like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. So I really appreciate all that you shared and I can see why it would become a, almost a passion of yours. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's endless in terms of like the, the, 
the path that it takes me on. And it, it is interesting how once you become uh, more open to that relationship, it is, it, it, like I, I talk about this a lot and, you know, the things that I share on Instagram, but when we, when we befriend that space and that part of ourselves, we start to really see what we are capable of and that we are, we're not um, as, you know, weak or incapable that we sometimes believe or are made to believe that we are. And that's something that I think in the, in the world, you know, with what's been happening in the world collectively for the past one and a half, two years plus, right? It's like, we're mm-hmm. really seeing that we do have a great capacity, each of us individually. But if we live in fear, then we're missing a big piece of that. So and the shadow, you know, the shadow piece, I think it's such a charged topic. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so many reasons for that, that would take, you know, several hours to talk about. But, um, and the dark isn't even, you know, we think about the dark, we always talk about shadow, especially in like healing spaces. And the dark isn't even the shadow, like the dark is its, its own being. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I say this in the book, like the shadows are created when light is projected onto an object and it creates a shadow. So actually shadow is more connected to light than dark. Do you know mm-hmm. if that makes sense? Because in the dark, yes. night, yes. there are no shadows. Yes. Dark, right? So, uh, so yeah, if there's so much rewiring that is available to us in these conversations, uh, but I think it's really interesting to, to see how when, I mean, I, I can totally relate because I remember I did this um, call series called Live with Chloe a couple years ago. And one of the, you know, one of the months, the topic was shadow. And I remember that was, you know, a time when I was starting to work as a psychic medium, but I was still very much like dancing with some of those energies and feeling like, you know, those moments of fight or flight, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that day when I was, teaching about shadow, you know, that whole day I was, you know, kind of grappling with like canceling the call. And because there was so much that actually was, you know, available for me to be with, but it was, I was scared, scared of, can I actually talk about this stuff? And that's like really showing us the charge and how much lives inside that space that we're, we're, we're not allowing ourselves to be with. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the theme of the book and what you just shared, it plays so much on duality and good and bad and light and dark. And in reality, a lot of what you, the wisdom that you offer comes from a place of empowerment, integration, and acknowledgement that all of it is necessary. All of it is beautiful. All of it's required for this full experience. And one of the dualities that I know here on the podcast we talk a lot about is that difference between the mind and the intuition. And in some of the circles that I'm in, and I'm not sure if this occurs for you, but we almost talk about intuition as if it's separate from ourselves. Like, oh, my intuition said this, or like I gave you that example of my client's intuition as if it's not her. And I really liked, this is just the one other excerpt from the book I want to read. You talk about the mind and the intuition and you say the soul voice is our intuition. 
This is the voice that we are born with, and it embodies everything that is connected to oneness and unconditional love. The other voice, the mind voice, is a trained voice that is built over time. We are not born with a mind voice, and it takes time to increase the volume. So I just wanted to have a little bit of a conversation about that duality within all of us that exists of the mind and the intuition and kind of how you dance with that now with the knowledge that you've gained. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that when you start to meet yourself and connect to yourself, not just as the physical form, but the spiritual self, the emotional self, all these pieces, um, that's when your, your awareness, you know, gets lap, like becomes greater and you start to just pay attention and notice the different aspects of what's occurring in every single moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always think about with like, with the mind voice and, you know, that whole idea of the soul voice, soul voice and the mind voice and how the mind voice is created over time. I always think about babies <laughs> and how, you know, when you're with a child, you know, under the age of four-ish and, or if you're with a newborn baby, you can, you could do anything and you know that that baby's not going to be judging you. You know, like you, you make it in the room and the baby's not going to be like, oh, you know, you let yourself go or whatever, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like that sort of, that's a really great reference point for us to see that that part of, that we see in newborns, for instance, is within us too, Right. And so it's beginning to give our attention to that part of us and develop that part of us that has always been there, that will never stop being there, that is a constant part of us. And then the mind voice, it's not, and this is kind of that piece as well, because it's like in a lot of spiritual spaces, the mind voice then gets made to be bad or evil. Yes. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, my ego, right? And yep. again, how we create this hierarchy be- between light or dark or good or bad. And it's like intuition is good and mind and ego is bad. And, you know, it's, it's, we're constantly, you know, be creating separations. Um, and, you know, I, I think about, I work with um, the runes a lot and they are a, they're, they're, uh, I, they're divination tools and symbols, but they're all symbols that represent um, actual beings, uh, that are, that kind of come from North Northern traditions. And one of the runes, uh, Menas talks about how there is no separation and that when we try to separate, you know, when, even when we're talking about the spiritual self, what, this is something that happens a lot nowadays is like, we're talking about, you know, vibrating higher and going somewhere else. What we're doing is we're you're, we're creating a separation from the physical form, right? Mm-hmm. Or the mind. And when, when, whenever we create a disintegration, we are creating an imbalance. Um, just because it sounds nicer because now we're honoring the spiritual self, it doesn't actually mean that it's, you know, really doing ourselves, like doing, creating healing. It's, it's again, doing, creating some disintegration. So, you know, I think that that balance piece is really important and looking at, at how the mind can assist us. It can help us, but we have to be conscious because then we can, you know, support and train the mind to actually assist us rather than work against us. 
you know, it's like the brain is not bad. You know what I mean? It's like thinking yeah. the, the part, like the organs in our body and how, you know, the more that we honor them and connect to them, the more that they can work in harmony together. I always think about this, like when I'm sometimes in a room filled with people, I'll sometimes like, just think about the fact that we all have hearts in our bodies and they're all, mm -hmm. and it's just like this moment of awareness that probably no one else in the room is thinking about. So yeah, it's so important to not, to be present to the part of us that's always feeling lured into to making something bad or making something less than, or, you know, demonizing a part of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And I love what you said. And rather than punish or belittle that part, you can kind of embrace it and help it understand that we're all in this together, friend. And like, you're here. I understand that there's all these other parts of me here as well, as opposed to just shoving it in a corner, because anytime we do that, um, the mind is just going to act up more because it doesn't want to get put in a corner. Totally. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that, you know, we're, it's, we need that duality is really essential for mm -hmm. the work in the world. Right. So when we favor a part of us that we enjoy more, where we, you know, it's like, it's like my rune teacher will say, you know, imagine a world where everyone's just always smiling all of the time. And it's like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Like we, you know, I know for myself going through difficult times and, you know, losing loved ones. And I talk a lot about this in the book, like those times of grief, like you said, the shadow is a place to rest. These parts of us that we, you know, don't like or are uncomfortable with, they're essential. And they're actually so, um, they have so much to offer us. They, they have so much depth right? It's again, you know, it's connected to like our relationship to death and how, you know, we try to avoid it and deny it. Um, but death is such a rich experience that we all have to and will experience in some form at some point, you know? And so when we're, and when we do, if we need it, we actually learn so much about ourselves. And this is something that has been become very important to me and taught me a lot. And I think about our ancestors and my ancestors and how, um, you know, year, hundreds of years ago, they had a much closer and more intimate relationship with death and with mm -hmm. her and an honoring of that. And, you know, it doesn't mean that life was always, was beautiful and wonderful all the time. Um, but that close relationship with these aspects that we avoid and are scared of made, made a huge difference in their own relationship to spirit, to their intuition, right? So they're all like access points. Yes. Yes. And in even to the dark, right? Because it was just a darker world, literally. Yeah. Um, when our ancestors were walking the earth, we had a lot less artificial light <laughs> beaming at us. So yeah, you're totally right. And, um, progress, change, evolution, all of that is bound to happen. But we as a human, we, we aren't evolving that quickly. So we do have access to that within us. And I think that's something that you touch on beautifully in the book as well. When you mentioned 
death and hard times. That's something you, I mean, you share a lot in the book about the difficulties that you faced. And I'm just wondering if you can offer any wisdom or advice to the listeners on how to trust yourself and trust your intuition when you're walking through a period of, of challenge or hard times in your life. Yeah. Um, well, I pulled a rune for this chat in the room just before. And when, what I pulled is Tewaz, um, T-E-I-W-A-Z. And it's, it's an arrow. The symbol is an arrow. And it's, it's literally the rune of truth and justice. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I would say when you're going through hard times or when you're really being challenged and you're experiencing a lot of pain, one key thing is to, to allow yourself to be surrounded by beings, living and dead, who, who you know can, will, will be honest with you and can be with you. That's huge because sometimes when we are going through really hard times, it's hard for us to always hold the truth in our own hands because we feel, you know, we're shaking. We feel our foundation is changing, you know, we're feeling raw and vulnerable. So having, um, for me, having a really close connection to the spirit world and to my ancestors and animals, et cetera, is all is crucial. Um, and you know, one of my teachers always says spiritual work is called spiritual work because it's work. You know, it's like magic work, spell work. It's all got work in it because it is work. So for, again, it kind of goes with the light dark thing again, because sometimes we, you know, start working with our intuition and it's like this expectation or this story that gets shared of like, oh, it's just going to make everything amazing and your money's going to come and you're going to fall in love and get married and all these wonderful things are going to happen. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a false truth. That's not real. That's not a, that's not a great story because it's kind of feeding this this story that we can't handle things and that, you know, Mm -hmm. just make, you know, make a life that's so easy so that we can stand still. Um, and so, you know, it takes work. So really I would say if you're going through challenging times and things are really hard and painful, I would say that there's something really powerful that's being, that's emerging in your life. Um, and, it's showing you what you are capable of and what, what lives within you. And so don't, you know, work with whatever fear is stopping you from acknowledging that. And because it's something that is really important to be with. And yeah, the having people that are willing to tell you the hardest truths is really important. It was really crucial for me. In one part of the book, I talk about how one of our dogs uh, we had to euthanize him and no one was really, there were a couple people that were kind of dancing around it. And there was one person who just, you know, was had enough courage to basically tell me straight up like this, you have to do this. This is something that is not, it's like, it's non-negotiable at this point. And I really, to this day, like I, I have so much gratitude for her because I knew it was so hard for her to do but she was, you know, brave enough and courageous enough to, you know, put her feelings aside and put her fear aside to offer me that, that hard truth. So 
that's always, you know, allowing those types of people into your space is also really important, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Even hearing like the term hard truth, it can be like, I'm like, Oh, I don't want that. You know, that's like my immediate reaction. But at the same time, it's such a kindness and it's such a gift and it's such a example and honoring of courage and bravery. So even when there's that part of you that kind of shudders at the thought of having a hard truth revealed or shared, it's like at the end of the day, that is only going to give you more strength as well. And it might take time, you know, it kind of depends on the scenario, but in this situation that you shared, it was a real balm and a real support that you needed. So I can totally understand what you're saying. Well, I have three more rapid fire questions for you, Chloe, that I'm asking everybody these days. So first, what are you celebrating, my friend? Well, I'm definitely celebrating the book. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot that seems to be, you know, it's like trust the divine timing is always so wonderful in that uh, my, we're going to be launching a new website, new brand, new book. It's kind of all the vehicle to support the book being shared is all getting ready to be released. And so, and it's all kind of happened without me controlling it or trying to micromanage timelines, etc. So I'm really celebrating that and, and seeing, um, just the beautiful aligned people that are a part of that movement and how, again, how easy, you know, just like, you know, us chatting and connecting how easy this is and has felt and I'm just enjoying it. So I'm very much celebrating that. Yes. As you should. That is amazing. What are you cultivating? I am cultivating. Um, I, I think with, you know, the most obvious answer is that I am always cultivating a deeper understanding of, yeah, I mean the dark really, but you know, the, the, the unknown, the mysteries of the unknown, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That shows up pretty loud and clear in your work and in your book. Is there anything beyond the book that you're creating that you're especially excited about right now? I would say, I think, you know, just our life that my partner and Ferris and I are building here in mm-hmm. Austin, you know, having lost two dogs in six months was really hard. Um, but it's, you know, through you know, going on that journey together and, and really sitting in the dark together and allowing ourselves to really be with everything. There's this new wave of energy that's starting to, you know, reveal itself in both of our lives. And so there's an excitement around what's possible, uh, whether it's, you know, growing our family, which is one aspect of what we're, you know, dancing with and um, you know, just kind of continuing to build this life that we are, we've created together. Uh, here mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're still so new to Austin and you've had such a, a weird time to arrive. I mean, you moved here in 2019, right? 
Yeah, moved here in February 2019. So I feel like I got to really get a good grasp on Austin before things changed last year. Um, But it's, yeah, definitely Austin feels so much like home. You know, I talk about this in the book, how it kind of feels like a blend of all of my places that I, favorite places and places that I'm from. So yeah, we're so happy to be here and to continue to build our life here. Mm, I think the city's happy to have you here as well. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, Chloe, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your magic with all of us. Thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be able to chat with you and your, and your community. And thank you for reading my book. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. You know, it's like, it's, I feel like I like presented my project at school and people were like, yeah, I liked it. I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so much. It's just such a strange, beautiful, vulnerable, delightful experience. So thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. And I was thinking about the dark, obviously a lot when I was reading it. And I was thinking about how, when we write, a lot of times we write in the dark and how you're at this point now where you're bringing it out into the world, out into the light. And that's got to be such an incredible journey. So I was honored to have an opportunity to read it and I just really, really enjoyed it. So that being said, anyone who's listening that wants to pick up a copy of your book or check out your work, where can they find you and follow your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, by the time this is out, the book will be available for pre-sale. So you can get it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. You can also just go to my website, channeledbychloe.com. That's where you can find everything with me, from me. And as Kayleen said, my Instagram is at channeled by Chloe and amazing. Well, thank you again for being here and friends. Thank you for listening. If something Chloe shared here today resonated with you, please take a screenshot of your podcast app and share it on social media with a little message and be sure to tag both of us so we can see it and connect with you. I'll be back next week with another episode and I'll talk to you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.